I was a freshman uh, in college. I lived on a floor uh, with nothing but there nothing but football players. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> How was were, that? Uh, it, it was. Um, it, it, it was. I, I was so intimidated, and I, I could not figure out because I, I thought that the school spent a lot of time matching up uh, roommates and looking at interests and, you know, trying to make a good, I didn't have a, a football player for a, a roommate, but it was, I would say 85% of, of the football team was on my uh, dorm, dorm room floor. You know, this, this happened in high school, that this mode that I get in, which is I'm, I'm the skinny, goofy, character a funny guy like i'm i'm your mascot mm-hmm. um and i that was my mode to you know ultimately it means you know you're willing to be made fun of and teased and um in response you 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 sort of are a court gesture and i i slipped into that mode mm-hmm. with this friend because he the, the friend um w- was also for lack of a, a, a better term, was just kind of nerdy. And we were a non-athletic Jewish. He was from uh, <clears throat> New York, and uh, we were both Jewish and felt like that was a, a connection that we had. They called us the pears. And they said that we look like pears. And he's like, you're a pair of pears. And, uh, you know, you share bathrooms with these guys. And I remember... It, <laughs> having a moment of looking at this guy and him looking at me and it was like, I think we're going to be friends because we, we have to be <laughs> it's like a bit of survival. So, so when you say you were kind of a mass, you went into mascot mode, did you go in that mode with this friend as well? Or could you be someone else with this friend? Oh, that's a great question. I, I felt like I could totally be myself with a friend when it was just him and me but that there was a bit of a performance that was happening on behalf of entertaining the football players and being a pair of pairs. And who were you in this friendship with him? And who do you feel he was to you? Did it change? Did the dynamic change from the beginning? Yeah. He, he invited me to visit him in New York. And I'd never been in New York uh, during uh, one of our, our, our breaks from school. And, uh, you know, if you, the, the way in which I was introduced to New York was through him and his family. And it was pretty amazing. His dad was a successful doctor. It was the eighties in New York, which was kind of a, a much funkier vibe, but, um, he, uh, he invited me and, and that was a huge thing. And I, um, realized when I was there that we also shared, of course, then kind of dysfunctional families, similar stuff around adult children of alcoholics uh, on the mom's side. And, uh, and so, you know, you start to, it's like peeling back layers. And it's like, wow, there's, there's a lot more here than us just being bonded by being the goofy guys on the, on the third floor of the dorm. I w- would say that been like all that stuff that does make people close mm-hmm. and create intimacy and relationships happened junior year when we went uh, abroad on the same program uh, to study in England. 
we, we were roommates. We decided that we would look for uh, a flat together in this town, uh, this really small town in England. Um, and uh, <laughs> we, we, we had heard that the cool thing to do was get your own place and that it was cheap and affordable and um, relatively, because it was a, a small town and it was not cool to live in the dorm. We thought it would be easy. Uh, and everywhere we went, there was, for whatever reason, we thought some is because we're American or we've never done this before, but we just struck out. So we were living in a B and B for an entire month. <laughs> we, we this is this was what sealed the ultimate bond is an appreciate, and I guess it came from the football players because we stayed in this this B and B, and it was creepy. It was really we we'd come down. You know, the best part of the B and B was the there was free breakfast and it was massive and we would eat for the day, right? It could take care of you for the whole day. Yeah. But we were the only, as far as we knew, we were the only, <laughs> we were the only guests in the place. We, we never saw any other guests and we would come down every morning and this man would say the exact same thing. And we'd been there for a month. He's like, would you like tomato juice, apple juice or fresh tea? And we knew what was being offered, but no matter what, he would say the same thing. You like tomato juice, apple juice, or fresh tea? Oh. And then he'd go get it. And um, we would stare at each other across the table that was silent <laughs> and try to make each other laugh. And then we'd go upstairs after we ate, this, you know, an English breakfast is loaded with, you know, sausage and grease and um, fried toast and beans. And we ate it all. And then we go, we felt so sick, and we'd lie on the the B&B bed, and we'd put a a 50p in the, and rotate the the crank to watch uh, Neighbors, which is an Australian soap opera that was hugely popular in England. And we'd just groan about having indigestion, indigestion, and we'd say, would you like tomato juice, apple juice, or fresh tea? And I, I... I I have to say it's a weird way to establish intimacy, but I felt like we were in some ways on a a bit of a desert island appreciating the weirdness of of that. Yeah. And so there it's a it's a long winded way to say there was not a lot of talk about, oh my my mom was alcoholic. So a lot of it was just having a shared experience. How did you feel about yourself in the relationship? You know, I, I, it's almost a cliche that people say about relationships, but there's reasons for cliches. I mean, I felt very seen. I felt mm. like, you know, it's pretty effortless. Mm. Like this guy gets me and I get him. Mm. And I know how to press his buttons. You know, that, mm. that's always standard fare with me of like, it's a, it's a sign of love the way the football players called us pairs. And, you know, that's love when you can tease the hell out of somebody. Um, and have it be okay. Yeah. But then there were other things that happened. We did find a place together, mm-hmm. and w- we moved in with these um, working class. You know, you shared. They had a situation there where you would share uh, a home. Essentially, there'd be like four different rooms. You'd have a shared bathroom, shared kitchen, and you didn't know these people. It was just a room that was available, but you're sharing stuff. And there was a working class couple there that fought day and night. He was like a, a bricklayer, and she worked in a pub, and they were not. We thought this is great. We're going to make British friends, mm-hmm. and 
they wanted nothing to do with us and we we called them sid and nancy because they would fight they would have these rows in the middle of the night and i remember one night they were throwing pots and pans down in the kitchen and i said to my friend i said i i got this and i and my stepmom was a family therapist and i considered myself i was like i got great diplomacy and i went down and i said is something wrong and they said he threw a pot at me and he goes you can fuck right off mate <laughs> and I, I came up and told my friend what had happened and he laughed like you were but and you know it's I, I, it sounds antagonistic but like appreciating the ways you can press somebody's buttons or appreciating when somebody's humiliated themselves and then teasing them about it so like siblings like siblings you know that's you're it. like yeah you feel because siblings you're like I, I don't have that with my younger sister i think it's because we're both very sensitive in the age range but my best friend in college it was like we would say awful things to each other and think yeah. it was hilarious yeah when it's done with creativity and humor yes, it's just yes, like oh yes, bring yes. it on what happened when what started happening when like it started to crack when this friendship started to you could see it was sort of crumbling or not working so well um what broke it then surprisingly right because it's always and i don't know if this is a pattern you're realizing or can comment on regardless of gender when these things end they're either a surprise to one person or the other or mutually surprising but it was a surprise mm -hmm. and the surprise came around um you know we we watched each other date people and um for whatever well i know what the reason was but for whatever reason i didn't like who he ended up with this is post-college i came to visit him in new york mm. and the reason i didn't like I, I liked the person but i didn't like the way she was making my friend feel which was putting a lot of pressure on him to get married and have kids mm. which he had no interest in doing he was mm. in his very early 20s and very much exploring who he was and what he was about and he's like i think i have to do this mm. and uh i i even knew in my young self i was like that's that's a mistake mm. um I kept visiting them as a couple and it got heightened and he'd, he'd open up to me and I'd say, you gotta, you can't go into another relationship with that demand that's being made on you when that's not something that you want. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first break, so to speak, was around him not, I mean, he just didn't respond to that advice. And I, I, I was really upset because i saw how sad he was and how much it was impacting him mm -hmm. and then the second break came when i visited again and there was conflict with his partner and his family and i remember this is where it all happened and it was subtle but so vivid in my memory we got into the elevator after he had, had a fight with his family and his girlfriend and uh i was like that didn't go well I, I said and he's like yeah i'm so glad you're here because you're such a good buffer for all of that tension and i remember feeling yeah that's exactly right i feel like i was a sponge for all the angst and everything that was going on with them and that um it was super helpful to him right uh and exhausting for me and you know i remember you saying this uh, 
as being something, you know, it takes two to tango element, you know, that's on me for uh, whatever, being a people pleaser or a emotional sponge or thinking I can make everybody happy, which is a trait in me that, you know, requires constant self-examination. <laughs> but I had resentment about how the ease with which he felt like I could absorb that tension and that his life would be better. I was like, no, what you really need to do is not have me over, but not be in this, this relationship or figure this out. So I felt used mm. in a really mm. odd way. Everything you're saying, I can, I can totally understand why you would feel that way. Absolutely. I want to backtrack a little bit and talk mm. about the first break. What happened in the first break? How did it happen and how long did it happen? Um, I was just visiting, uh, in New York and spending a lot of, you know, there's this thing that happens when people get, ha have a close friendship and then the best friend gets a partner. Yes. yes. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'd like to think that it's genderless or non-binary, but uh, because it's this thing of like, uh, and it can depend, right? When I, it's. A heterosexual relationship and you're holding on to female friends right that can be threatening um if the male and female or i suppose there's all sorts of variations but there's that thing of like oh i'm not going to see you as much uh are, you're not as available to me mm -hmm. uh or the content of what we talk about is always filtered through the lens of the us of you, your relationship that you're in which is like totally understandable and human mm -hmm. but can also be like this is not what we had um and the question i think becomes like three is tricky and is there room for is there room for the best friend or is there uh, or for the best friend is there room for the the partner and mm -hmm. I, i've seen it work plenty of times mm -hmm. but i think that was the nuance of the first break of like and, and who, uh, yeah who broke it was it you who yeah well, i say i keep saying it's subtle I, I i think there was no sort of uh formal decision in my mind of like i'm not going to hang out with him anymore mm -hmm. and i'm sure in his mind there was no alert uh it was a slow and i think this is also painful in breakups of any kind like intimate friendships or or whatever or it was just this slow fade out. It's like, we're not talking as much, not reaching out as much, mm -hmm. and it just fizzles. Mm -hmm. And nothing gets, I do think this is particularly uh, male. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with gender. Maybe Cheryl, it's because we talked about this a little bit. But, you know, I, I, there's, a, there's an element of silence that accompanied uh, the fizzle that I do feel like is like guys maybe like guys not, not necessarily not right nece not okay. necessarily i don't i really don't think necessarily i think it depends well in fact i've heard other stories and other episodes where people have said very similar things to this so but do you feel like you were the person who was the catalyst who made the decision to back back up for sure and but yeah i had that moment where it's like i think i'm done but i did announce that to him and then you came back what made you come back I, I guess what made me come back is it wasn't recognizable as a breakup. We weren't fighting, mm -hmm. you know, no, no harsh words were said. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess you go back hoping. And I do think this is a pattern of like, maybe this time it'll be different. And how long did that new reunion last? Was it, did it, did it end right after he said, you're, you're the buffer? 
It did. The, the lack of it being uh, apocalyptic or a moment, it made it all the more um, melancholy so I, I, when I think about them. Just... And, and then it was done. You never contacted this person again after that. Well, pretty much until the, within the last two years, just recently. So this is, um, you know, ni- 1985 is when uh, we first met. And, uh, you know, then pretty much lived my life post-college and have not been in touch since. But the magic of social media put us in the same circle. And we started doing this dance that I I think exists for others in that realm, which is, uh, you know, started to acknowledge each other's presence slowly and started to write things. But that's about as far as it's gone. But he noticed that I was doing an animated kid's partially animated kids podcast and he wrote all roads all roads were leading to this moment which was a very affectionate but ominous you know it was it was it was sweet but also detached and then i i wrote back to him i respond and i said your creativity is always on my mind and was like in doing this i thought of him a lot so when you say ominous, do you tell me what you mean by that? Because you felt ominous in the sense that we haven't talked in uh, 15, 20 years formally and haven't ever said, hey, dude, why aren't we friends anymore? <laughs> mm, mm. We were like best friends. And then mm. we, st- we pretty much stopped being in touch. Mm. And I don't think he held on to any resentment, but he didn't follow up with me and I didn't follow up with him. Until these mm-hmm. ominous reach outs of like, clearly there's affection there. Do you still have pangs of heartache or? I'm embarrassed to say that I, I didn't, uh, I wasn't missing the friendship. And maybe because it served, you know, they say this about friendships, right? It serves the need during the time. But I didn't need him in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there, there wasn't a great deal of heartache. And the reason I say I'm embarrassed about that is it feels like there should have been, but I, I was okay with it. I'll tell you now I'm, I'm just perplexed why I can't seem to get it together to really formally reach out and say, you know what? Cause he's now in San Francisco and my brother's out there. It would be easy to see him. And mm-hmm. at some point maybe I would, but Sort of like, I'm just so intrigued by why neither of us has made that move. I've thought about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think holds you back from doing that? It'd be a lot. It'd be an effort. It'd be such an effort, but I know it wouldn't be. It's so mm-hmm. strange. I think my perception of it is uh, I would have to acknowledge everything but i know with him based on his personality literally if i call you know i was in san francisco and i said hey you want to go have a beer he'd respond but it feels like that gap is so long and to have it not acknowledged it would be really weird to not say what's up with that and that feels like work to me that i don't want to do and yet as i say that i know it wouldn't be that much work be like dude to be honest with you, I didn't like your, your, 
your choice of your partner and how she was making you feel about your life. It clearly worked out for, for you. He's got three kids. He's still with her. They're still married. But it's such a, yeah. that's such a great question, and, and I, I wish I had a more satisfying answer. No, I, but I, I don't think you're alone in that. I think one of my superhero powers, and we all have them, is once I learned the tools to have uncomfortable conversations, I do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I oddly enjoy them. Even you do. Though I'm I, even though I'm terrified of them, I oddly enjoy them. Uh, and have you always I, been able to speak your truth in that regard? It's the last thing I want to do. But you, you, you're not afraid of that by any means. Okay. If we had the, if we had all four of my ex best friends in front, only one would say that I spoke the truth to them. (laughs) Only one. So this is recent. This is recent within the last decade that I've that I've learned this and have been and why I'm been able to, I think, get married and be in a partnership where we can, I can admit, oh, my gosh, oh, I know what's going on here. I'm really angry at you because of this, this and this. And but I, I really appreciate your honesty. It didn't really hurt you. I mean, you didn't, there wasn't a lot of fallout, emotional fallout from the friendship. And I, you know, I had someone who said a quote to me years ago, and it's always stayed with me. And I've had different relationships to the quote. And the quote is, where are you going? And who's coming with? And never ask the second question first. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and, I, and I went through a phase where I was like, fuck that fucking quote, you know, like, screw that. Um, but I actually think it's true. It's like what you said, like, you were, you were, you were close, and now you moved on. And he made his, he made his choice of here, his, where he wanted to go. And had it been a different person with a different dynamic, you probably would have been able to stick around, but it wasn't. So you moved on. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that. It's so funny. The who's coming with not asking that first. Mm-hmm. It seems so brutal. I mean, it, it does. It, you know, but this is the thing about friendships and intimate ones that are long lasting, right? It's so easy for me, at least, to get sentimental. But yeah. the nature of, the beast is that, yeah, I, I, I'm sure, I know, there's plenty of friendships, right? We've known each other since we were three, or and, and, and from womb to tomb type things. But I, I do think they're rare, and I do think even those, just like marriages um, and long-term relationships ebb and flow, feel like we're not willing to factor in just the nature of friendship and relationships and how they're pretty much based on need. And needs mm. change and people change. Mm. It's like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't a friendship? Mm-hmm. What are your needs in a friendship now? Like, do you have a close friend now? Do you have a, a bestie now? I do. I, my two closest friends uh, live uh, far away. Mm. Um, and that's an interesting thing, right? Because it, I, I feel like sometimes when there's distance, geographical distance, it can be easier mm. to maintain for longer, mm. like long, uh, long distance relationships are, can be very convenient. 
but yes, yeah, so now uh, those friendships are, are from even earlier than my friendship from college. They're like they're from when I was 18, high school. And, uh, and yeah, what's driving those, I have to say, uh, on some level, uh, it, it's meaningful in a contemporary moment-to-moment 2021 way it's really driven by sentimentality like the sentimentality mm. and nostalgia which mm. i'm just i think there's there's a level of nostalgia and sentimentality that comes with each passing year that's very i think standard fare but then you add me to the mix and i i, <laughs> I mean i'm just like i my son sometimes he plays these video games and it's like he's in this world he makes sounds at night he's like I'm like, what's going on? I can tell he's in the world. My version of that, you just hear a yearbook. You hear pages of a yearbook. You say, oh, there's, there's, <laughs> there's a theater club. There's a thespian. How do, you, how do you think you grew from the friendship? When we, were, we ended up living together, and then we moved to a dorm together and watched the British people make horrendous food. And we were like, we we recognized that we were learning to cook, and so we didn't have any skills. But it's like, well, I'm not going to make beans on toast. Like, <laughs> and I I'm very I love to cook, and I I learned to cook and taught myself how to cook, and he taught himself to cook simultaneously, and uh, and then add on to that like booking reservations or calling somebody up on a payphone and saying. Uh, he used to make fun of me because I'd pick up the phone and I'd be like, hello, kind sir. Do you have a accommodation for the evening? And he's like, what are you, a Dickens character? And I thought that's how adults talked when they needed a room. I could have just said, do you have a room? But I had a, this idea of what adults did when they made plans. Oh. And he, was, he witnessed me becoming a responsible adult and, and helped me to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a responsible adult to leave a relationship where you were where you felt you were being used and absorbing True. the yeah. toxic, toxicity. That makes sense. You're well, like, okay. Yes, yes. Now, see, that's that's really exciting to me, right? Because I have I, uh, ended uh, I've ended relationships, um, not friendships, uh, intimate relationships that I've been involved with a marriage, and when it ended, I have no doubt that I became the person that that partner wanted me to be after I left the marriage. Mm -hmm. And so I attribute that person as giving me the gift. You know, I couldn't be the person that they wanted me to be, but I do believe that you, what you're saying is really cool, right? That, that uh, the skill that was taught in the friendship was actually the skill that allowed me to end the friendship. Mm -hmm. I just oh think there's gosh. a parallel thing that, that also yeah. happens, which is, if we got back with many of us, with our exes, it'd be like, oh my God, this is the version of you that I wanted. I, mm. I, I wanted this one, but, but no, you, you couldn't, there's no way. And then you start to look at it retroactively. It's like, there's no way I could have been that person with you. And there's no way you could have been that person with me. We needed to leave the relationship to be the ideal that we wanted. That's fascinating. Um, I say, I don't think any of my exes became more than it them to be. Well, it's not <laughs> and science. if you're out there listening, I'm saying it to you. <laughs> you're not, not listening. What um, about you? Do you think you became what they wanted? Like this version of Cheryl 
no no i don't i think i think ultimately they did not want me to be so sensitive and they didn't want me to have the needs i had so they would not like who i am (laughs) they would not be happy about who i became so okay if you could say anything to him if you were sitting across from him in san francisco if he could accept anything what might what would you say to him if it could be super simple yeah it it, it would be yeah it would be I mean, it's super simple. I mean, I just say thank you. And the thank you is about, I'd say thank you for getting me through it. Thank you so much for joining us. Please follow, rate, and review on iTunes and share with a friend who may be going through a heartache over a friendship lost.